Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, April 10th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we are recording, I think, as far apart from each other as we have ever been, although we probably recorded some episodes last time I was in Las Vegas. But I am here in the desert doing all of my uncle uh, things where we go out to all these crazy crazy different events so far by the time y'all hear this we will have been to a minor league hockey game a professional lacrosse game a minor league baseball team and three of my nephew's soccer tournament games Um, and that's i've only been here we're recording on sunday you'll hear this i'm going to the baseball game on sunday Uh, i got here on thursday night at like midnight so we are cramming all the stuff in Uh, we are going to do a little theater later in the week uh, which will be great Uh, and then all of the you know the normal babysitting and fun park stuff that we will do throughout the course of my last week here in las vegas despite all of the excitement that goes on with being the fun uncle in las vegas you had quite the experience over the weekend and you went and saw to what you told me and i'm going to pull up your text because i believe i, I want to quote this correctly oh no you, you said it in instagram no you said it in instagram so i'm not gonna open it but you, i believe you said you saw the best show running in new york right now am i quoting that correctly i think i think it is the most surprisingly joyful funniest mm-hmm. like i Listen, you know that I get to see all the things Mm -hmm. and I'm very fortunate to do that. And I think I had the best time (laughs) at Titanic. Okay, you you said it. You said I was going to say we can tease what it is, but uh, Titanic, we'll talk a little bit more about that because Ashley actually saw it last week too. Unrelated to you, neither of you had seen it yet. And you both finally saw it in this past week uh, and you both loved it, which does not surprise me because I loved it as well. But we'll get into that a little bit later. We don't have a ton of news in this episode, so we'll, we'll try to keep it a little short so we have time to discuss that. But of course, you can hear all of our thoughts about shows, about everything else going on in the world of theater. If you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. By the time you hear this in the podcast feeds, depending on where you are hearing all of this, uh, the latest episode of This Week on Broadway is out, in which I hosted the show along with Peter Felicia and Jan Simpson and talked about a handful of things. Peter had a bunch of stuff that he saw this past week that is not yet open, so he couldn't discuss that yet. But Jan discussed both Life of Pi and Shucked. Peter, unfortunately, has had his Shucked tickets canceled twice because of some illnesses in the principal company, so they wanted to make sure that all of the critics had the chance to see it with the full uh, the full slate. We also discussed some really exciting off-Broadway things and uh, got into a little bit of the history of the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window as well. So you can hear that in both the Patreon feed and the regular feed by now. All right, let's get into a little bit of the news. And this is like, we discussed this before we started recording, Grace, and like, like they made this into a news thing, although I'm not exactly sure if this is actually news. So Leah Michelle, currently starring in Funny Girl, was attending the Variety's Power of Women event last week, and she was interviewed by E! And her comments in here turned into, like, a New York Post article and then all of the offshoots of that article. So it became a little bit of a bigger thing than I think it actually was in her quote. But given the fact that she has had a tremendous success with Funny Girl and has really turned that show into a hit uh, when it was kind of struggling along before she got there, but they asked her if there was going to be some sort of filmed version of this revival. And to her credit, Leah 
said the right things as far as I can see. And she said, quote, you know, I think that's the hope. I think we really would love to make that happen. I have five more months in the show. So if we can squeeze it in, um, you know, you have, you know, kind of been chronicling this production for, for a while here, Grace. I don't, I haven't heard anything about this happening, but the fact that Leah Michelle joined the production that they did the cast album with her, like, I don't think it's completely off the table, but I haven't heard anything about that. And I, and she didn't say that it was, and she didn't even really tease that it was, which is what the headlines usually say. But it's, uh, it's something that I'm sure she would love to have. And I think there'd be a certain, you know, a certain audience that would, would probably pay to see that in one form or another. I, I really have no insight on this, um, but it is smart. I think that, you know, if the, the girlies definitely want to juxtapose that season of Glee and, uh, this pro shot oh i'm sure the, of it the tiktoks would be unbelievable yes, exactly that's really what i'm looking forward to is everyone's splices um but yeah no i i think that it's bold it might be one of those like hey let me put something out there and then see if anybody's like you know grasping on what's interesting is there are so many pro shots that are in the can right now for other productions that mm-hmm. have not gotten bought by anyone so i don't know that it's a good time to shop those around right now but leah is certainly a horse of a different color and um it's you know she's she's really revitalized that show so um i'm i'm sure it would not surprise me i mean ryan murphy answered the text yeah seriously i mean he originally had the rights to this show on broadway and was going to put leah michelle in it so i mean he has a pretty big overarching deal at netflix and he's been fairly successful with that so far and i think this would be a really interesting thing i've always talked about the fact that like musicals filmed on stage and movie versions of musicals are really smart for streaming services because they are something that will have long lasting value because there's always going to be a new generation of theater kid who wants to check it out. Now that's not going to necessarily be something that's going to like turn paramount plus with this mean girls movie into like the biggest streamer in the world, but it's something that people are going to keep returning to. And it's going to be something that is going to be important to have for the longevity of your service. But she said in talking about like trying to make this happen, she said, quote, I've talked to a couple people who have made filmed versions and it's taxing, but I think that if we can make that happen, it would be great. If I have to be there overnight, I'll do the show. I'll put my son to sleep. I'll come back. I'll film it. So she's obviously all in. We know how much that this show means to her. And, you know, not only because she's a huge Barbara Streisand fan and all of the connections with it with Glee, but like, you know, to be quite frank with you, like this has really made her a thing again, uh, despite the fact that she's had a couple not super successful runs on network TV. Like this really has made her a name in certain entertainment circles. And I don't know what her career is going to go and do after this, if it's going to be something back in Hollywood and TV and film, or if she's going to continue to try to ride this wave with more theater projects. But she's super talented. All of the other stuff aside, uh, this has definitely put her in a much more stable footing of her career than she would have been otherwise. So to have an opportunity to have this filmed and be out there could probably only help that. Um, probably couldn't hurt it, but you know, if nothing else, it's, it's, it's something there to celebrate that opportunity. And, and, you know, I saw the show without her in it and it was, it's a fine show. I, I just don't think funny girls are very good show, but to hear, to see her do that score is certainly something that is probably worthwhile having. All right, let's get into this week's upcoming theatrical schedule. We're still not in the crazy openings week. There are two Broadway openings this week. There are two Broadway openings next week. And then there are four, I believe, the following week, which is just nuts. And there might be, who knows at this point, they might, you know, 
throw in like four more shows at the end of the week following Sidney Brewstein's uh, lead. But we are actually starting tonight, Monday, April 10th, with an opening off-Broadway. And this is the new Michael R. Jackson show, White Girl in Danger. It is coming to you from both Second Stage and the Vineyard Theater. And this one is uh, directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz and choreographed by Raja Feather Kelly. Grace, you saw the show this past weekend, of course, not yet open, uh, so you cannot discuss your thoughts. But I'm fascinated by this concept just because I am a lover of of soap operas, both daytime and uh, nighttime melodramatic uh, things as well. But the show is described thusly. It's a fever dream mashup of classic daytime and primetime soap operas, lifetime movies, and red hot melodramas. The citizens of a soap opera town, all white, face high stakes drama and intrigue all the days of their lives. But Keisha Gibbs and the other black grounds, which is like black background characters, uh, an amalgamation of those words, have been relegated to backburner stories of slavery and police violence for all of theirs. Keisha is determined to step out of the black ground and into the center of all white's juiciest stories. I I think this is a brilliant idea. And it's right up your alley, Matt. You would have gotten every single like yeah. name change and it's it's it is through every television storyline you've ever seen yeah i i, I love it yeah. and i'm excited to see what the reviews are like from this coming off of the success of a strange loop i think it's always interesting because that is a show that as michael R. jackson talked about took like what like 20 years 15 20 years to do this one has had a much shorter shelf life so it's always that thing where like even with authors like you have your first novel that you've spent years and years and years, and then you have to crank out a new one. Like is the level of the work up to that? And not that the concepts and the ideas aren't there, but like things need time to go through the process and be developed. So I'm interested to see how this juxtaposes with the long gestation period of a strange loop. But we get to Tuesday and we have our first entry in the Broadway calendar for this week. And that is the first preview performance of the recent uh, Olivier Award winning show Prima Facie, which will be happening uh, on Broadway, at the John Golden Theater. It is beginning previews on Tuesday with an opening night just 12 days later on the 23rd with a currently scheduled closing date of June 18th. This is a new show written by Susie Miller and directed by Justin Martin. And of course, stars, uh, it's a one person show. So it stars um, Jody Comer, of course, of Killing Eve. Also in, um, what is that? The Guy movie? Is it just called Guy? Free Guy? Free Guy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The Ryan Reynolds movie. She's in Free Guy as well. Uh, I think she might have done like a James Bond thing in there too. I can't remember. But um, obviously a star. She won the Olivier. The show won the Olivier. This is coming over here with a lot of clout and a lot of excitement. And even though I don't know that Jodie Comer is uh, Hugh Jackman level famous in terms of like driving ticket sales i think she's like the name of her all of the accolades coming over and the fact that it's a one-person show like i feel like there's some buzz around this and it might just be in very insular circles but yeah you think so her fan base is huge like i'm not even kidding like from killing eve it was yes and i think it's not only that but like just because she has become so much a part of like the zeitgeist too. And her, like, you know, I loved her in free guy. I watched that movie multiple times. Um, I really loved it um, because I wasn't as familiar with her work um, in killing Eve. Um, She's fantastic. And her, you would be surprised her fan base really, really, really came out um, to to get tickets early to see this show. So I think that it's going to be a combination of her secret, stardom and fan base that people weren't expecting and coming off the heels of all of these accolades and less 
I love it. Very excited to see that one in my trip next month. Then moving uh, later in the evening, we have an off-Broadway opening. And this is regretfully So the Birds Are. Um, this is a new play by Julia Izumi and directed by Jenny Coons. It is from Playwrights Horizons and the WP Theater. It is currently set to run through April 30th. I'll read a little bit of the uh, plot description here, and it is intense. Arson, affairs, incest, murder, are only the beginning of the problems for the Whistler siblings. Mora's gotta find her birth mother, Neil's gotta find himself, and Illy's gotta keep her piece of the sky. But the birds have other plans. So, uh, interested about this one. Seems very Greek and melodramatic. It does feature Christine Nielsen, who is always wonderful uh, in anything she does. Uh, Shannon Toe from uh, The Chinese Lady is in there as well. Sasha Diamond, Gibson Frazier, Sky Smith, Pearl Sun, and more. So, uh, interested to see what this one is all about. And we will hear all of those reviews coming up on Tuesday. Then back on Broadway on Wednesday, we have the Broadway premiere or the Broadway opening of the Pulitzer Prize winning play Fat Ham, which I, correct me if I'm wrong, Grace, but I think this was, if not your favorite show of 2022 up in the upper registers, wasn't it? It was the, it was one of the best. It's one of the best plays um, I think I've ever gotten to see in New York. It's really, wow. really high up there for me. I think it's a great piece. Um, I think that the cast is really phenomenal and so so well cast and so well executed i think that the staging like every element i think works together so incredibly beautifully and so when they announced that the uh, public theater was bringing it to broadway i was like okay well i mean watch out everybody else because i think it i think it's just a beautiful show so i'm really excited for this next stage of it i'm curious to see what also the critics think because i don't remember reading reviews when it was at the public so um yeah i'm i'm excited for it and, and tonight, even on Easter, um, as we, you know, as we're recording, um, Cynthia Revo is doing a talk back, which is crazy yeah. that they're getting Alpha by herself. Like, is, you know, Cynthia just on like making flights oh, back and forth, I guess so. Um, yeah, because they are currently filming in London. Uh, she yeah. did join last week the uh, the list of producers for the show. So that is why she is uh, involved with this. Of course, this is uh, James Imes's show that played the public theater last year, directed by Sahim Ali. Fantastic cast that came over from that off-Broadway production. So excited about this one making the turn to Broadway. Then on Thursday, we have another Broadway opening, and this is up at Lincoln Center, and it is the new Broadway revival of Camelot. Uh, it'll play the Vivian Beaumont Theater. And... This one is interesting. It is directed by Bartlett Shear, as most big musicals at Lincoln Center are. It features a new book by Aaron Sorkin, which we'll talk about that here in a second. But the cast is fantastic and super interesting. Andrew Burnap plays Arthur. Jordan Donica plays Lancelot. Philippa Sue plays Guinevere. Dakin Matthews is, is Merlin. Fergie Philippe is in there as well. Taylor Trench plays Mordred. Um, just a lot of really, really interesting people. And... We, we talked about this a little bit on this week on Broadway, just very little lightly teased on it. I just recently saw okay. the national tour of To Kill a Mockingbird. And it's interesting because that show is something that everybody knows the story of. Everybody loves the original book, loves loves the film. But it does take on a different kind of social connotation with this updated uh, script. and And I'm fine with that because... When you adapt things, you adapt them for the modern audience. But I'm interested to see how kind of some of the things that we saw with that, some things that worked really well, some things that didn't work really well, how Aaron Sorkin includes his specific political perspective in a show that is in a lot of ways uh, political. And, and of course, there is a love story at the center of this, and they are very much leaning into the 
sexy Camelot um, of it all with this casting. And it is very, very sexy. But I'm interested to see how he plays the democracy angle of the Knights of the Round Table and Camelot into this moving forward. Uh, And then on Sunday, something that I thought might never actually happen. We have the final Broadway performance of the Phantom of the Opera for now, of course, because we all know it's coming back in a year or so or whatever. Um, So this will be another huge week in terms of the grosses for them. I would not be surprised. Honestly, would not be surprised if this becomes the first show to ever, or maybe not ever. um, There might've been something weird in there at some point, but like if this hits like $4 million, like I would not be surprised with the way that these ticket prices have been over the last few weeks. So we will see what happens. Um, If you win that lottery, that might be, what keeps the ticket price down, but they are doing a lottery for the final performance. And I think it's probably already done at this point, but those tickets weren't cheap, but they weren't obscene. Uh, So we'll be interested to see what happens with this. If they do anything, whether or not they announce it's coming back like in September, uh, but we will see what happens there. All right, real quick. I want to run through just a little bit of other news. Nothing too, too big. Um, but last week we did get a slight change and Grace, I'm interested to see if you have some sort of insight on this. The previously announced Broadway cast album of K-pop, um, has kind of moved some of its dates around. Uh, of course it had originally been set to release in February, but we did find out that it'll be released digitally on May 8th, which is a Monday and the CD will be available on May 12th, which is a Friday. This is the normal album release dates. Um, it's really pretty rare when we have the opportunity to have the physical copy released uh, so quickly with the digital release, but that is fantastic. And to go along with that, they released, um, I don't know if it's a music video or if it's like a, a an actual from the stage complete product performance, but I think that's what it is of, of the song uh, America Checkmate, which was very, very mm-hmm. cool. So we have that in the show notes as well. Every time they release something, I'm just like, yes, I'm trying to like learn the choreography in my room. And then I'm like, uh, I cannot. Jen Weber's too good. I can't do it. <laughs> and let's wrap up with a feel good recommendation. And this is one that you can feel good about on multiple levels. Um, last week or a week or so ago, we had MCC's miscast. And one, miscast is always something to feel really good about. Two, this is, we've talked about how much we're looking forward to seeing Jordan Donica playing Lancelot and Camelot. This is the song that he was supposed to sing at, at miscast. Of course, he played Freddie Einsford Hill in the Broadway revival of My Fair Lady. He was supposed to sing I Could Have Danced All Night and Wouldn't It Be Loverly, of course, because that is a miscast thing. He wouldn't be able to sing those songs in the show. But he was unable to perform due to an illness. So what did they do? They brought in the upcoming latest stunning, really exciting casting from Little Shop of Horrors. And they brought in Joy Woods to sing that part. So it was Joy Woods as Jordan Donica at Miscast. She said, quote, I found out that I was going to be here a few hours ago. I had my normal Monday as anybody does in rehearsal. And then I got a call from our fearless leader, Will, asking if I could step in and I'm here. So she sang those songs. We have the video in the show notes. It's really fantastic. When she was announced to be taking over as Audrey, we were, Ashley and I were really, really pumped about that so to see her have the opportunity to do this at miscast is very very cool again she probably could play these uh, could play eliza and sing these songs in a show uh, but because she was stepping in for jordan uh, it is definitely miscast in a somewhat different way i think it's awesome um i got to see joy wood sing the other night at the broadway breakup playlist concert oh, yeah, and yeah. she also had to step in then i don't know if you know this or if i told anybody but she um so alex newell who's doing shucked 
um, mm-hmm. ended up saying like, Hey, I'm, you know, I really need to take care of my voice. Um, I can't come tonight to do, um, they were going to do the, uh, the dream girls. I think it was, um, yeah, it, it was, it was one of the the numbers between like Dina, I think, and Effie. And so then Joy said, Oh, um, I know both parts. Cause I just did dream girls. I don't mind filling in. And so she Amazing. did back to back a duet with herself, which is unbelievable. And I think it's on TikTok. I think Ashley Hufford also posted it. It's incredible. So Joy has been coming in clutch for a lot of concerts lately. I love it. She's so, so good. I'm excited for her in Little Shop and uh, for whatever else is next for her too. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media accounts at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>